Hello and welcome to the 361 Degrees podcast episode, looks at the bit of paper, number nine. Rafe Blanford waves the thing, numbers eight and ten at me respectively. Brilliant. Uh, my name is Ben Smith, I am from Wireless Worker. Welcome to the Royal Opera House in the middle of Covent Garden, where we have just been attending... Um, a Nokia event. With me are the usual goof troop. Introduce yourselves. Hello, I'm Rafe Blanford from All About Symbian. No, 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 you, you, you shouldn't be responding to anything that has the words goof troop in front of it. <laughs> I'm Ewan McLeod from Mobile Industry Review. Yes, you are. And uh, this week... What, in polite, isn't it? That's fine. Uh, as you can tell, this week we're doing it face-to-face so we can be rude to each other in a way that Sky- over each other. Skype doesn't allow. Um, <laughs> why are we here, Rafe Blanford? Uh... There's an existential question if ever I heard one. So uh, why we're here? Well, we thought as we're at the Nokia Summit party, we would talk a little bit about Nokia, which has been much in the news recently and has been occupying many column inches. Mm. I think after Stephen Elop's February the 11th announcement, there's been lots of questions about the future of the company and indeed its most recent news, I think most notably the Q2 uh, outlook, which was significantly down talking about potential... uh, losses of profit and all kinds of things and sales going down we thought we might do an episode looking at the sort of future of Nokia is it dead where's it going what do we think is going to happen okay so I mean obviously in terms of our backgrounds you and I have both written about um, you know sort of Nokia's challenges we've, we've just had their barbecue lamb so let's be polite about them but um, you know they have some challenges on their plate at the moment obviously all about Symbian talks a lot more about Nokia products because they're the only guys who make Symbian devices now pretty uh, much isn't it? That, that's pretty much true with the exception of Japan where Fujitsu um, and a number of other manufacturers are still doing Symbian devices but in terms of the western market and what we think of the smartphones yes that's absolutely true and the problem with talking about Nokia is that people are sick to death of hearing you know basically they're, they're stuffed they're not selling well the share price has gone through the floor and um that actually, you know, Symbian devices are well behind the curve in terms of features and functionality who's, and that kind of who's stuff. Who's sick to death? I mean, I think a lot of the people I speak to are quite delighted to talk about it. Well, I'm sick to death about hearing about it. Why don't we move on a pace and say, well, look, whether you think they're screwed or not is... Um, well, I think it's fair to say they are currently screwed. Is yeah. that, is that, you know, I think if you look at the context before February the 11th, there's no doubt they were in a deep malaise Right. And everyone was wondering, what is Nokia going to do? And with Stephen Edock coming in, there was this question, what next? So for me, the more interesting question is, as Rafe says, what next? Because right. at the moment, they've made a bunch of decisions. So actually, Rafe, just quickly, because you know this, rattle through, what are the key decisions that have been made that with Stephen Elop's arrival that are changes? I mean, everybody knows about Windows Phone, but it's kind of broader than that, isn't it? Yeah, there's really uh, three things you need to consider, the three pillars they talk about. Uh, the first of which is Windows Phone, which you alluded to, and that's effectively replacing Symbian and Mego as their primary smartphone platform. Then there's the so investment in Series 40 being increased, and there haven't been much details on that, but that's going to be things around web apps and I think potentially in the future although not announced it's a good bet that Cute will uh, get onto Series 40 and become kind of a low-end smartphone platform in a sense so more investment there than there has been previously and the third leg is this kind of 
uh, disruptions. And sort of Migo was kind of flagged up about this, but I don't think it necessarily will be just Migo. It's trying to uh, address things that are going to disrupt the market, sort of in the way that iPhone and Android did. You know, think about the next generation of mobile solutions. And it's not necessarily connected to anything they have now. It's try and challenge, try and be the disruptor rather than the respondent. Bring it on. So things are pretty tough at the moment and that strategy hasn't actually delivered any major changes yet lots of announcements but no products no significant changes in services and the change of direction that's been announced hasn't actually yielded any 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 results yet so it's still all to play for but also they're coming from a really difficult place and how did it get this bad what is my yeah, and, question? And could we could we go through the rough timeline? I mean, because I, I have been writing some pretty di- direct things about Nokia over the years. I mean, using all sorts of rather direct emotional words. I think it was right though. You know, yeah, you know, the OV store uh, was great. But then uh, the investment in it initially really poor, um, didn't work. I was amazed at, the, at that. Uh, previous handsets, the, the, the sent out to market, completely buggy. You know, very disappointing. Yeah, the company made quite a lot of failures that I think Ben and I, we, we spent a lot of time highlighting them, going, this is ridiculous. And then, and then Rafe was actually going, well, well uh, you're missing... The uh, um, all these kind of you know well, uh, well I, mm. I didn't think I'd be stepping into it to, to protect Rafe Blanford at any time <laughs> in my life. But go on, Rafe, get your right of reply in before we move on. Well, I mean that some of what I would say is fair enough to say it comes back to haunt you because um, I actually think the fundamental problem around Nokia in the past has been less about the actual strategy and more around the execution. Right. Um, and you know you could actually talk about what are the root causes for a a whole podcast for hours Mm. but I think it boils down to you know two key issues which in itself are quite quite intimately linked and one of them is the expertise of software engineering now you have to be careful there because obviously there's different types of software engineering but particularly in the smartphone space you know when Nokia took on Symbian and whether whether you see that as you know when they became a the major shareholder or when they actually took it in formally into the company the software engineering efforts from Nokia haven't borne fruit in the same way that say Android and iPhone have for their respective really companies substandard subcaliber well I, I think you have to be careful when you talk about that because there are some things that are you know very technically sophisticated mm-hmm. but they haven't delivered a complete user experience right. and if you look at some of the software engineering and it's, it's very sophisticated you look at something like Series 40 that's a monumentally impressive software achievement but I think it's particularly in the service layers and to a certain extent in the APIs and the applications they didn't deliver there compared to their competition and so there was this um, you know continuing to be Nokia being the great hardware manufacturer mm. great at you know logistics supply chains delivering products to market and that sustained them and has sustained them for the last you know three or four years where they've been entering this mm. more competitive period so yeah. there's that software engineering execution hasn't been there hasn't delivered the second issue is around management which is, of course linked to that failure you know the strategy was right but the management didn't deliver on that and that's maybe about cultures of responsibility and it's difficult to talk about that without being internal to the company but I think it's fair to say that Nokia had lots of ideas but didn't implement them or execute them properly and at least some of the responsibility has to be with management not delivering on what they promised. I, do you know what I used to, I'm, I'm sure I've written something saying if I, right, a blogger sitting in Marlow or Chiswick or whatever, wherever I was can knock out some words that are clearly 
clearly far more effective. You know, if I can see it's not working, what are these guys being paid millions of euros doing, right? Where did it all go wrong? So, in fact, here's another question, because you, Ben, you asked where did it all go wrong. Can I rephrase it for you, Rafe, and say, where, when was it right? When was it right? Yeah. Uh, well, Nokia, Is it N95 time? Nokia was almost synonymous with the mobile phone. And in many markets, you know, uh, Nokia almost became, to me, mobile phone. If you look in particular places like uh, India, for example, it dominated the market totally. Um, and I think, you know, that translated into the early smartphone period. You know, whatever anyone else might say, Nokia did invent the smartphone with devices like the 7650 when that was on the Economist front cover is computing's new shape that really was a, a massive shift that people i think don't fully appreciate now because they see what's in mm. the more recent past where it started to go wrong was where they treated the smartphone as just another product to make and ship as a box whereas we know that actually there's a lot more that sits outside the box in the smartphone world now and that's apps and services mm. what Stephen elock is now calling the ecosystem yeah. that's where they failed and that's where right. apple in particular stole a march on them no no Rafe. When, because when the technology of the iphone when it first came out wasn't yeah. anything special it was the total experience which yes. was about the apps and the services so, but january january 2007 i think it was when when the iphone was launched on that day i wrote a post going oh my god this is it this is amazing this is fantastic no apps were announced at that point right it was just a concept he said they, i think they said they announced the iphone and said look we'll do apps you will be able to write apps in six six months time when, when they released it they told you you didn't need apps because you could use web apps didn't they if you remember yeah. did they that's really right. Yeah. I, that's I, right don't need apps very interesting which is interesting because the ecosystem quickly proved them wrong but yeah. the point was that apple invented something that people loved so much they hacked it and sort of forced an app culture on them, which has now become a successful yeah, business. Yeah. Whereas Nokia managed to create this kind of enormous, huge, slow, legacy feeling kind of environment, which you could do anything you like to. I mean, when people say, you know, what's Simeon's strengths? Openness and flexibility and ability to customise it. Yeah, it's, it's huge. But actually, despite the fact that he delivered that on a plate, nobody felt inspired to do it. So it wasn't a technology constraint. It was a, a, an interest, an emotion, emotional thing, wasn't it? Right, well, well to hold that thought for a minute, because let me take you back to January 2007, right? I'm saying, oh, my God, this is amazing. This is fantastic. I can see this is the a gospel sea change. according to you and McLeod. Well, that's right. I, right, okay, yeah. Yes, I could see. I wrote. I, it stands there. You can go and search for it. Right? I'm just going to queue up the "I told you so" theme song. Thank you. Okay. Right. Well, right, because you're the same, Ben. You were the yeah. same, right? Um, we're all seeing it. We're all thinking this is fantastic. Now, what? And knock is. I mean, it's 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 absurd when you actually see when the Business Week article goes back and pulls out the quotes showing Nokia saying, "Oh, we don't see this as a problem." We saw it as a problem. And I know that Nokia is bigger than just smartphones and bigger than just the United Kingdom, the United States, and the US. Because, it, I mean, whenever you spoke to Rafe and said, look, this iPhone thing is getting quite interesting, he would say, well, yeah, but it's irrelevant because Nokia ships 400 million handsets a year and they're all in the Chinese market and that's what's important. Is that fair? I'm not sure I was necessarily that dismissive of the iPhone, but certainly I would have said that, you know, this is a volume game. And at that point, I thought, you know, smartphones would be about 
kind of the race to the bottom and that to be fair has proved to be true mm. uh, but the iPhone and Android after it have accelerated I think faster than people expected it wasn't well, no, di- I, 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 it was a disruptive influence it. no I'm sorry it wasn't expected to be that's just disruptive if you what? ask people you know, hindsight is, is good I think well, the no, other thing I wrote the post I wrote the post going this is going to be absolutely amazing now why the hell wasn't I CEO of Nokia why weren't why weren't they hard do you know what I could have saved them a lot of money well I, I think right? all of us maybe not you right because you'd have been were well, you actually you would probably you would probably said no these guys are wrong if Ben and I had sat there and, and did some you know some five grand a day or ten grand a day consultancy things we'd have said listen you want to watch this whole ecosystem thing going on that Apple have got you want to think about that and this Android thing you want to get rid of that look at what they're doing there what, I, what I'd say about predictions Ewan is yeah. it's very easy to get one right but getting them right all the time that's the difficult thing well that's thing. what Ben and I do and uh, <laughs> the other I'm thing I think you have to consider here backing away from the table <laughs> <No>. <laughs> here whoa not me sunshine the other thing you have to consider yeah. here is that Nokia was totally dominant in the market you know more than any other consumer sector I can think of they were you know very very dominant and so inevitably that bred a, an amount of arrogance in the company an amount of arrogance um well, actually, I think it's easy to be critical after the fact of them, but you know they. Well, no, I was being critical like, on the hang, day. Hang I was on. being critical there and then. Hang on a second. So the question I'm interested in right. actually is: what is it that specifically changed? Because a lot of the things that um, Nokia and and people who were sort of pro Nokia were saying before was: look at our volumes, look at the amount, look at the way we execute, look at our hardware, look at our skills, look at the variety of products, and a lot of those things are still true. So why is it that, you know, kind of crunch point has been reached and there's been this big change around? Because actually those things still exist. It must be now that something else matters more than all of those factors. Is it analyst confidence? Is it the market? Is it, you know, what is it that's changed? I I think all of those could be contributing factors, but ultimately what it comes down to is the very definition of a mobile device is changing. And actually, if you think about the devices we carry in our pockets, calling them mobile phones is actually something of a disservice because they're far more than mobile phones now. And Nokia, the company, was built around delivering a massive volume of mobile phones. Devices. Devices um, in the cheapest way possible. And then, you know, they had the iteration around design. But the market has moved and now there's an expectation that they do more. And if you, you know, think of the way typical consumer electronics evolve over their lifetime the amount of change that's happened to the mobile handset is absolutely enormous and i think the problem is that the, the market has moved so much that a company like nokia that was built around a market perception of one particular way of thinking about mobile handsets uh, was no longer able to address that and it is you know this is the ethos that Stephen Elop has sort of put forward in that it's not a battle of devices it's a battle of ecosystems and while that's a neat marketing package of words I do think there's a strong element of truth to that is there's and I would say it's not not just about that it's the expectation about what your device does and the competence required for a company to execute on that vision are significantly different uh, and it's a perennial problem in mobile and in technology, which is why we see companies tend to fall and then come back again or a new person come in. And we actually saw the very same thing happen to Apple as a computer company. You know, they rose in the early years of computing. They fell and they came back again when Steve Jobs I came think, back. I think, by the way, they're, they're on a failure point now as well. Well, this is an interesting debate. Mm-hmm. Is all of this cyclical? Are all mobile phone manufacturers doomed to ultimately go through a boom-bust cycle? I don't think it's ever going to be that simple. But you look at Nokia's competition 10 years ago, it was about Motorola, Ericsson, Panasonic, Where Siemens. Where are they now? 
where are they now? So in one sense, you should, we should sit there and go, actually, it's pretty amazing that Nokia is even in this fight because they're the one traditional mobile phone manufacturer to survive into the modern era. And OK, you know, you've got Google with Samsung and maybe LG as well. Mm. But actually, I think the partnership that Nokia will have with Microsoft, which we'll get on to in a minute, is much more one of equals than any, any other traditional manufacturer I can think of. And so in one sense, there has been this enormous failure but by being the biggest success, they are actually giving themselves a chance to be a player next time round. Okay, so we talked about how do we get here, and I mean, as Rafe says, we could go we could go on how do we get here mm. for a very long time, and maybe it's interesting, maybe it's not. But the point is, I think what's far more interesting is what happens next, because either Stephen Inlock is a Trojan horse and you know, ruins, <laughs> destroys everything, he's got completely the wrong strategy and we're about to witness sort of the dark, the final days and they'll get bought by someone and we can talk about who. Or, as Rafe says, this is kind of cyclical and this is the beginning of a relaunch and a rebirth and, you know, we could see, we could see bright things. So, you know, at, at the top level, rebirth or death throes? Rebirth. Rafe? Oh, I know the answer. Well, actually, I'm, I'm going to give... Death rules. Uh, I'm not going to say death rules, because I, I, I fundamentally don't think that's very likely. There, we have to accept there's a possibility any Just for anyone listening, I, I want them to be clear that Rafe had a choice to say four words, and we're now at least 30 seconds into his answer. I, I'm sorry. I actually think it won't be a dramatic rebirth, but nor will it be any kind of destruction. Um, Nokia will be a lesser company than it was 10 years ago, but I still think it will you know, set the pace in mobile, along with a few other I companies. T- I t- just let me just give you an example why I say rebirth right okay. I can't stand it that every single handset I own right every five six hundred pound handset I own has a shit camera in it alright the iPhone camera is okay the iPhone 4 okay and when you go and buy some of these Android devices I don't know what these people are smoking right 8 megapixels of total utter rubbish Right, I, when I'm paying 600 quid for a phone, I want a decent camera. I mean, a, a camera that actually works. Simply put, Nokia's hardware competence and expertise hasn't gone away, yeah. and they still produce amongst the so, best hardware in the goal, industry. So, therefore, I think they can deliver. Right, I, I, yeah. I, I would, I would hope they can. And the, the, the one thing that's been uh, depressing me, or that was depressing me back in February, was going. Well, I think there's a possibility they could turn it around, but will the the, the company drag its heels, just press stop? You know, despite Elop and, and the, the senior management team doing their best efforts, it appears that that's not the case. I, I agree. I mean, on, based on the conversations I've had and what I've seen, I think there's actually positive progress has been made, despite the fact we still don't really have anything to talk about. And this is the interesting thing here. It is quite speculative. And let's not kid ourselves. This kind of transition is a big risk in business terms. Can we can I challenge for you then, gentlemen? Well, I, I just want to, before we move on, I just want to ask a question. So Stephen A. Locke arrived in September of last year, right. and we're now in June, I think. Yeah. Is it June? Yes. What day is it? Where am I? Who are you? Goodness me. <laughs> um, all right, so, so we, we, he's had now some September to June. Why isn't there anything to look at yet? Because how hard can it be? And I, and I don't ask that from a, it's simple, genuinely. I am how hard is it well, to, hold on to, make they, new, they, to make they, a new they made the four, So I think we're right in saying that they made the actual decision to say not Android and Windows on, was, was it a Wednesday or Thursday before the Friday press conference? Is that right? Uh, in principle, I think they made the decision on January the 6th. 
Oh, okay. All right, sorry. Uh, I am um, entirely. I don't great. think Android was ever a viable option. I think it was used as a leverage over Microsoft. Yeah, yeah, nice, nice. If I'm honest, okay. when they dismissed the future of Nokia as being not being Mego, yeah. then it was always going to be Windows Phone. Gotcha. Right. Okay. So um, he hasn't had from September. That's right. my point, right? Okay. He's only had from since what? Well, I actually think they probably had teams working on it even before they made the de- final decision. They well, been thinking about the it. punch. You, you, they didn't make the decision just because they liked the headed notepaper that Microsoft sent them better than Android. They they had something in the labs yeah. that already. Well, they always had. Yeah, I mean, let, this, let, this time last year they had um, Android and Windows phones in labs. Yeah. Let, let's face it. When, so why not sell them? Let, let's face it. When Stephen Elop uh, was yeah, brought in, he was brought in to make that decision, and I am willing to bet that the board of directors probably had a good idea when they were doing the search for that new CEO last summer that the end result would be switching to the Microsoft platform. Well, if you look at Android... I mean, they'd have to do the due diligence and all of that, but I think probably they knew back then. But, I mean, yes, to be fair, they've had six months to work on it. The answer, is why haven't they delivered it yet, is it takes time to deliver a mobile phone. You mm. have two options. You can get one off the shelf as an ODM manufacturer. Yeah, and then ODM. Uh, that's original device manufacturer. So that's what HTC used to do with their devices. Oh, they were then... Um, branded as Orange SPV. All right, so you buy it from one of the Chinese manufacturers who... Exactly. Um, But that kind of gives away the the knock advantage of, obviously, the good hardware and producing themselves and all the logistics supply chains that go with that. And it it basically doesn't scale, and you end up with maybe a moderate product. Um, So it then takes time to switch your own engineering efforts over to Windows Phone. I mean, even an ODM would take time to do this. And if they manage it in sort of nine months, ten months, if they produce something by, you know, Q4 this year, that will be a pretty amazing achievement. If If I said, here's a billion dollars... But you wouldn't be able to do it any quicker. It's not a question of money. They'll be throwing every resource they can at it. They will be doing it as quickly as they can. But when you're talking about integrating something as complex as a mobile phone in terms of chipset technologies, tuning the camera, tuning the aerials, tuning the casing, um, I don't think people really appreciate just how complex the engineering behind a modern device is. So why couldn't they take one of their Symbian devices already, like you know something that was was kind of a good platform? I don't mm. know. Like there's a hang on. What's that device we've got on the table in front of us? X, X7. So you've got an X7 in front of you. That's like a new device. It's running, yeah. you know, looks quite nice. I quite like it. Um, why didn't they just put Windows Phone on that? Uh, well, there's basically a hardware incompatibility for want of a better you know, term. You can't just run Windows Phone. It's not like a, you know, a PC where you can install whatever operating system you like on it. Mm. Actually, the hardware inside there wouldn't be capable of running, running Windows Phone. Not enough uh, processor speed, not enough RAM, the co-processors in graphics term isn't right either so that wouldn't work what they have done is uh, allegedly at least used uh, I I should put that in (laughs) uh, there there is is a Windows phone device that is built by Nokia in the labs and Microsoft has said there is Nokia have said there is and I'm pretty sure it's running on something like this X7 casing with different internals Um, and they've said actually for their release products they may well be reusing some that were originally slated to be Mego products and possibly further out in 2012 Symbian products and so they're taking a shortcut that way I mean if you think the yeah. typical uh, Android product takes 18 months to, de- to develop and deliver the typical Symbian one's about two and a half years because the integration's longer you know Windows Phone you know, the first batch of those was a similar length of time you know so a year's time scale is not at all unusual I mean that's very quick and if they do deliver it in Q4 actually I think that'll be um, an impressive achievement you know talking about I I mean I like to think I have an understanding of these things and the way you know integration happens the way of the force 
Yeah, and I'm telling you, that is a competitive timescale. That's a good achievement. Now, what are they going to vomit out? Well, I mean, I think some of the press and, has and come out. Said I'm going using to emotive language because I really hope... There's going to be two handsets. Um, I think uh, Joe right, Harlow, so the EVP of smartphones, yeah. said in an interview with uh, it was Forbes, I think, one is going to be keyboard, one's going to be touchscreen. Um, they will be pure Mango devices. Don't expect too much Nokia software on the top. They'll probably have decent cameras. Okay, so the, the, this is important nuance, though, isn't it? Because one yeah. of the things yes. we were told about Nokia and Microsoft is that, oh, Nokia are going to do loads and loads of customization. There's been this big transfer of money. They've got these special uh, permissions to do stuff that other manufacturers haven't. But you're saying that's not going to happen? Not in the first two devices. I think that's something we'll see Because they've just got to get these things out the door. I mean, again, there was Ovi Maps, which has been talked about. It'll actually be Nokia Maps because of the rebrand. And uh, that's actually going to be available to all Windows phone licenses, so Samsung, HTC. And the talk is that won't be in the Mango release. That may be early 2012. I mean, it's all, this is all kind of, Part of this is hearsay. It's appearing media. So, you know, don't take this as gospel stuff, but that's what's going to no, happen. I, I'm making investment decisions based on this. Exactly. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Ruth Blanford um, said... So, so yeah that differentiation the, the differentiation they'll talk about first will be Nokia hardware and actually having used Windows Phone 7 devices I think that's important yeah. things like cameras battery life oh, the camera all of that. The, oh, yeah. uh, the software side of it which is just as important will I think come late and that's a, a 2012 timeline and that is you know there's two targets here there's the delivering the first device and then there's delivering the broad portfolio mm. and that's important both in terms of software differentiation but also getting the mid-tier devices and that's actually the most important critical factor to my mind that's the target people need to work on not that of course they're going to produce Windows phone devices that's a given what's the concern is how quickly can they get them into the mid-tier so I'm thinking about devices right, in the 200 pound range yeah yeah now that's important Rafe but do you know what the critical thing here it has to be better than the iPhone or comparable. I, I don't agree with I know, that. And we, I know what... Because you, you're going to say because they have to get volume, they have to get it out... Because that's not the big market I, on the I, planet, right? The trouble is those kind of comparisons are very subjective. I, I, mean, know, I know, but this in, is what matters. In one sense, up. what they need to do is create a, a degree of interest that is similar to the that which the iPhone had. And that's kind of the big question. Is Nokia cool enough to right, kind of pull this off? Let me stop you there. So the two, two questions. One is, Nokia, if Nokia are just going to be hardware... For the moment. I mean, we talked about services, but they're coming along later, so let's park that. If Nokia's just going to be hardware, can they make enough money to be a successful business just by making hardware? Because they used to need to make software in order to make all their profit as well. Didn't I don't know if they did it well or not, but they used to need to do that. And secondly, is Nokia hardware, even though, you know, okay, hands up, I think Nokia hardware is better than a lot of other hardware out there on the market. Is it good enough? It's going to get people picking those devices off the shelves in preference to... You know the An other HTC, the HTCs or the LGs, or which might not be better built, but have all these kind of novelties, colours, varieties, gizmos, gizmos, which you know sort of uh, have a lot of shelf appeal. I mean, for for all their sins, mm. these devices, you know, these manufacturers know how to sell in, in you know on the shelf. I, I I agree with you. I mean, I would make the point that this software differentiation is just in the first set of devices. No, and that, that is not going to decide things. It will be the 2012, 2013, and that's where software differentiation will come in. So I think we need to be careful and say it, it will come, and that will actually be the measure by which it's judged then. Um, but obviously, we are changing from a point where they were the only Symbian manufacturer um, to where they will be in a competitive space. 
without seeing things, it's very difficult to make that kind of assessment. But Nokia actually reigned supreme in the Symbian space, despite other manufacturers being there. You know, Sony Ericsson, who do produce pretty gorgeous hardware, and you know, they weren't able to compete in the same way. You know, to a lesser extent, that was also Sendo and Siemens. So yes, I mean, I think they will be able to stand out. And you know, people talk about best or greatest actually that doesn't always have that much bearing on whether something sells successfully because i think what nokia's strength will be will be its geographic reach its point of sales network and that will be particularly relevant outside the western markets which although are going to be important i suspect you know the success or failure might actually be down to markets outside of that if they can get back into north america at all that will be a success you know they're on two or three percent at the moment Mm -hmm. if they manage to get back into the states even a 10 percent level that's going to be a a success for them but but surely to get into the states right to get attention don't you need to be winning attention and winning sales away from people going and buying droid 2s droid hds droid s's you know iphone 5s yes but more importantly you need to be friends with the operator um and of course you need a you know you need to be able to well no no but the consumer needs to be delighted and and if if nokia bring out a okay device an x what was the first x thing they brought out the x6 the x6 you know okay fine Yeah, yeah, yeah move on you know um it didn't delight a lot, but in no way did it delight anybody in the States. And unfortunately, this is the market we're in, yeah. right? It's whatever the state says wins. Well, I don't agree with that contention. Well, hold, this I'll, is I'll take it as no, true no, no, for no, now. Hold on, take it You're entirely wrong, Rafe. Entirely wrong. You say you, the only thing that matters is what the United States media says, no, right? I, because that's what's killed Nokia. No, it might be nice to pretend that's, right, that on. particular fallacy is true okay, why not? but it's a ho- horse and cart question I thought he was going to say it was horse <laughs> what do you mean use a naughty word well that too but I would possibly say so, on the podcast so the media has, has nothing to do with uh, oh, uh, smartphone the, sales the media, the media does have something to do it's very important with because this is the media that only for example back in 2009 right the film 2012 was coming out Yes, you're going to give your app example, your I download. No, yeah, no, no, course- wait, let's, let's tell our listeners, right, because I am right and you are phenomenally wrong, okay, and this doesn't happen often. Now, the uh, 2012 web, this is the disaster movie, right, um, on, on the front, <laughs> Ben, stop doing that, he's pissing around with a little um, thing. The, 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 twen- away, sorry. the 2012 disaster movie had uh, a website that uh, that said you know buy off the characters synopsis of the film uh, trailer and, and, and download screen screenshots and all that kind of stuff and then it had a iPhone menu option it didn't have a mobile option mm. iPhone menu option and when you click on that you can download the iPhone app and the iPhone games or whatever now that is driven by media perception right the movie executive okay who you might call misguided Rafe. The movie executive said, we need an iPhone app. He didn't say we need a mobile app, he needed an iPhone app. Because of, he's reading the, Mer- the American media that says iPhone, 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 iPhone. And has only recently, in the last year or so, been saying, oh, Android, Android, and Android as well. All right, now this is critical. Absolutely critical for the marketplace because it's these publications, these companies, these movie companies. This is why every everything uh, everything that comes out of Hollywood, whether it's a TV show or a movie show, has someone with an iPhone or someone with a um, an Android handset. Never a Nokia, right? That the, the the style, the fashion, that perspective is critical. Well, I have to say, Batman uses a Nokia phone, so that's good enough. That's for me. because they had to pay for it, right? 
yeah, that's true. But this perception issue, I agree it's important. You agree that I'm right? No, not at all. Okay, so I agree it's important, important, but it's a rather simplistic way of looking at it. It's looking through Silicon Valley tinted glasses at the world, and the world is a complex place. Sorry, your company's just been screwed. The world is a complex place. It's a complex place, and Nokia got to the point in February where it went, shit, we've screwed it up. Nokia did not totally destroy itself with that February announcement. It wasn't on the way out. It was severely damaged, no yeah, question. Yeah. But that Why? was a much Why better was it severely damaged? Why we we, we we talked about it in the first part right, of the podcast. Because of, because of the media should, perception here. It was not about the media perception. That was a contributory factor. Right. But you know but I know it's not the only obviously Apple had to deliver a handset. Yeah, but, draw, you know, uh, Android you, had to come out, obviously, you, but it was percep- fanned by this whole Okay ladies. Wind it wind it in a bit. Okay. A perception does not get created in isolation oh, and is correct. not something that is a global phenomenon. There is still well, a lot of difference well, from well, geographic well, markets. Okay, let me stop you. Let me turn it around then. What is gonna what is gonna get people buying Windows Phone Nokia devices then? Because the Nokia name is damaged. Where we are now, the Nokia right. name is damaged, yeah, and Windows Phone isn't proven. And I mean, we haven't talked about Windows Phone. We haven't talked about Windows Phone being good, bad, or indifferent. I mean, we talked about Mango yeah, yeah. before. I like Mango. Lots of people don't. Mm. We'll see. But what's going to get people buying these devices then? And you don't. Ju- and it, it surely, Rafe, it can't just be. Oh, it's on loads of shelves. No, I think you have to deliver a good experience to the consumer, and the sort of the bet is that a combination of Windows Phone and Nokia hardware plus their customization, their differentiation will be able to do that. But, but because no, you, hold on well, a second, Because you think reviewers will get early units say, oh, this is nice and influence consumers' opinions? Or do you think because operators are going to see... You, 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 I don't think you can necessarily point to just a single factor. You know, it's not just down to reviewers. I mean... Nokia recently talked about how they'll be. You mean op- we don't run the world? <laughs> we don't, sadly. Operators, you know, are going to be important. I mean, Nokia talked about operator friendliness, yep. and actually, you know what? In one sense, the biggest factor I think in Nokia and Microsoft's favour is that uh, the operators and a lot of the other members of the mobile industry want a third ecosystem because they don't want to be totally beholden to Apple and Google. Mm-hmm. And actually, consumers have very little say in that particular line of reasoning. Well, hold on a minute. At the minute, the consumer can walk into almost any operator on the planet and say I'd like an Android handset or I'd like an, a, an Apple handset right I, they're asking for them right they're, be, they're, they're asking for a, a smartphone or a Google phone or the like right what, what's it going to take for the consumer to walk in and say I want that new Nokia phone well I think there's two factors there I don't think every consumer is necessarily that intelligent and I'm not talking I'm, hold on, I'm not talking about consumers are dumb uh, I'm not well, talking about the Far East I'm talking because it's, it's these markets it's this Western market uh, uh, still uh, making you, you can't look at something as big as mobile through just a Western perspective you have to consider it more broadly otherwise you make a mistake of, you know that's typical in industry you just do it for one market you get channel vision but anyway aside from that answering your question what will make people pick it up you know, we've talked about the Nokia brand being damaged, and yes, frankly, it is in bits of Western Europe and in the States, but elsewhere in the world, it's not it's not so damaged. And actually, there are plenty of people who have fond memories of Nokia. Yeah, me but too. If they me see too. something and pick it up and think it's a good experience, they will buy it again. That brand can come back. There's the Microsoft brand, which is trusted, especially in the enterprise space, but also increasingly in the consumer space. You know, there is a, a geek tendency to be nasty about Microsoft and say it's an evil corporation. 
that's old-fashioned. It's out of date, and quite frankly, I get fed up with people and, saying and that Google and actually, Apple I, I, are just as evil. I, and I agree with you actually, because I've just been talking the last few days about Xbox and Kinect mm. and all yep. that kind of stuff. Yeah, and, you know, loads of people in loads of sectors love that. Not because it's Microsoft, just because yeah. it was a cool idea, so, and it's in, genuinely. We ha- we have to step away from the geek perspective sometimes. Look at something, even as something as basic as Hotmail. Yeah, you know. More people use Hotmail than use Gmail. You may not realise it, um, but that's going to be something that, well, why don't I get a Windows phone? Because I can get my Hotmail on it. So the the two synergies there of the brand, I, I think, have the potential at least to create the same excitement about the iPhone. Because let's not forget, you know, Apple and, and Android came from pretty much nothing and, you know, have been amazingly successful. I don't think there's any reason to say why the same thing can't happen. Right, but just, and we're talking about we've got to see we've got to see a nice handset from the right. It's okay. going to be really cool. Yes. So I'm going to cut you off there because we're running out of time. Right. Closing thoughts. You get 30 seconds each, and what happened? The the question is not are they screwed or what went wrong in the past. The question is what next. I would like to see them deliver a a, a very very nice lovable. Um, handset that gets people excited right and I, so I don't I, I understand why mid-range might be important but I, I really do think they have to do just prove to the, the, the wider market they can deliver some phenomenal stuff not just the, mid, the mid-level 1.2 billion customers unmatched anywhere else on the planet can they come back Yes, absolutely. I believe there are very few companies that can have profound effects on the way society views the world through technology. Google, Microsoft, Nokia, they're all in that category, as is Apple. And I absolutely believe that with this, they have the potential to come back and I think will be in a richer industry and a richer world if they do. And I think that you you guys are both right, but there's a, there's a sword hanging over them that we haven't acknowledged, which is if the market and investors lose any more confidence in them my or, point or hang on a perception or if if the if the uh, first device isn't good enough yeah it doesn't matter whether it doesn't matter whether the next device the second or third device if the first device isn't good enough this is me banging the table, yeah, banging the table. what will happen is that the share price will drop, drop enough that Nokia will get bought and the game will be over not because they couldn't recover themselves but somebody will swoop in take all the bits and, and so this it's not a market accessibility that, that, thing maybe, that right? sort of Damocles risk is definitely there and you know there's no getting away from that and in, in one sense I as a even if I wasn't a fan of Nokia I hope they get the chance to show us what they can do because you know isn't that it, more important than making a handset that people will buy immediately it's both because the number the number yeah, of the no. sale of those first unit will be one of the Ergo, things. Ergo, if that it's a phenomenal handset, the geeks go and buy. Let, yeah, let's not pretend that this this transition, this opportunity, is pretty unique. They have a chance to reset, yeah. and we're right. That first handset will be very important. I wouldn't say it all rides on that, but there there is this unique opportunity yeah. where there will be a very visible shift from one thing to another, and that's something they need to play on and communicate both to the industry and more importantly to consumers and final thought from me assessments of the fact that they are good bad indifferent right now without talking about what's going to happen in q4 are really hacking me off i'm so fed up of reading people saying last week is dead well no i I don't mind people saying nokia's dead because of our view about they've done the wrong decision that's your view and frankly 
if you can earn money giving that opinion then well done the, but it's more importantly if you say um, you know, the share price this week is, is here therefore that's bad without the idea that actually share prices always go low when you're in the middle of a big transition yeah. or that they haven't actually delivered any of this hardware you don't yeah, know if it's any up. good yeah, exactly. then I, I think that's missing the point proper context and actually the, that's why the end of this year matters because the only valid opinion that can be formed will be the moment that device drops and at that point the people who are saying they're screwed are entitled to say told you so see it was rubbish mm. or you know Rafe who, who you know and, and, and people no, and people <laughs> like him who said actually people you know, they could they, they could turn this around get to say see there you go but the market's gone gone mad for it it sold enough units it got enough good reviews whatever so uh from here on in, I think any useful conversation about Nokia is what's going to happen on that day in Q4, and anything in between is just a waste of time. Agreed. Give us a hug. Consensus. Okay. Uh, well, blimey, that was a heavy one for episode nine. Thank you very much for listening. Bye bye.